following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on, what's going on, church family? How's everybody doing on Wednesday? Come on. Hey, I want you to look around. Look around. What an amazing crowd on a Wednesday night. Y'all give yourselves a hand. Wow. Hey, was worship not amazing tonight? It's amazing every time we join together, but major props to Pastor Randy and the entire worship team. You guys knock it out of the park every single week, and we honor you. We love you. Thank you for... Thank you for plowing and just making the word. See, you guys set the tone for the message. You know that, right, worship team and band. You guys make, you guys make our hearts ready to receive the word. And so I know, I know that I'm stepping to the pulpit with a, a group of individuals who are ready to receive the word because of worship that just went forth. And so we're going to dive into the word of God tonight, but... You know what? I'm so excited about our life groups that we're right in the middle of an amazing life group semester. If you are a part of a life group, can you just make some noise in the house tonight? Yeah. Man, that's amazing. We believe in community. We have so many different groups that meet. There's freedom groups, there's pickleball groups, there's uh, parenting groups, there's uh, couples groups. I mean, there's all kinds of amazing groups that meet. And in fact, if you are 55 years or older and you're looking for a group, you're like, I haven't found a group. Can I just tell you that this Friday night, we've got an amazing group meeting right here at the church called Young at Heart. And because of COVID, they haven't convened for uh, quite a while, but they are launching that uh, back under the auspices of our life groups this Friday night at 6.30 right here at the church. There's no sign up, just show up. So if you're 55 or plus, you are in your prime and we want to see you at Young at Heart. So show up and be a part of a group. If you're looking to get into one, that's a great group, but don't come if you're 30. We got plenty of other groups for you. So we're going to dive right into the Word of God tonight, and I'm not going to hold you long. Pastor Rex is so good about letting you out on time, and I, on the other hand, am not near as talented as him. So I'm going to do my best tonight to let you out by 9.15. Here we go. Just kidding. That's a joke. If I'm still preaching at 9.15, somebody throw a shoe at me, okay? So for the next few moments, I want to, I want to talk to you on, on this subject Simon didn't say it, but Solomon did. Simon didn't say it, but Solomon did. So as you're driving down the road, I wonder if you've given much attention or much thought to what is on the sides of the road that you drive down. If you pay close attention, really, if you don't pay any attention at all, this is probably for you. You've probably not noticed it, but you felt it more than noticed it. Have you ever noticed that, that lining the roads that we drive down are these little, I don't even know, that the posts are about this high and there's this silver metal that is attached to them that if you start to venture off into the ditch, there's this thing there called a guardrail. Some of you have met them. 
Some of you are aware that they are there, but, but guardrails are a system. And I, I heard this concept, and I thought, man, this is such an amazing concept. And I want to talk to you about it tonight. But a, a guardrail is a system that is designed to keep vehicles from straying too, too far off of their intended course to keep them from going into dangerous and off-limit areas. It's designed to take the impact. And in taking the impact, oh, yeah, your, your car that you paid a lot for, especially if it's new because they're really expensive right now, it takes a little bit of the beating as well. The car is going to get a little scratched up, but the idea behind a guardrail is to keep the damage from being as bad as it could have been and maybe even should have been if the guardrail wasn't there. And where are guardrails placed? Have you ever thought about it? They're placed, especially on smaller roads, they're placed on the most dangerous parts of the road, right? In areas where, where if you're not paying attention that things could get dangerous really quickly. And so I got to thinking about this idea of guardrails and I wonder, can we move guardrails from the physical roads that we drive down and can we place them internally in our life? And spiritually, what would it look like to have spiritual guardrails or even we can update and modernize the term guardrails because now a lot of times we have, I don't even really know what they're called, I'm going to call them sleepy strips. You know, like the sleepy lines that are there, like if you start to, to doze off and you, you go to the right, uh, you, or when you're texting, <clears throat> we're going to take communion later. So what would it look like? And there are so many different areas of our life where we could establish this guardrail system, these sleepy lines that would help keep us in place. But tonight I want to focus uh, in, in one area that I don't feel like we talk about that often, but I think it's so instrumental in the quality of the life that you live. And what, what would happen if we placed these guardrails or these sleepy lines in the context of our relationships. And I'm not, I'm not talking about dating or marriage. I'm talking about the people that you allow into your world, your circle, your crew, your posse, whatever it is, you boys, your girl, I don't know what you call them. But the people that, that you do life with. And here's my guess is that for many of us in the room, many of us watching online, that your greatest regret could have been avoided if you had guardrails established in your life. So let's talk about friendship for a second. We all need friends. We were designed for relationships, but at some point in every one of our lives, we're going to find ourselves close to people, friends, people that you work with, any group of people that you do life with, you're going to find yourself in an unavoidable close proximity with people who are moving their lives in the opposite direction of the way that you want your life to move. And for most of you, this concept isn't a new one. In fact, for many of us in the room, it started when you were just a young child and it wasn't even started by you. It was started for you by your parents. Chances are you had parents that freaked out at your every movement. 
As you were a middle school student especially and you started to get a little more freedom. Where are you going? Who are you going with? Where do, do they, where, what's their mama number? Mama, I don't even know who their mama is. Well, that's the problem. I need to know. And they were worried about your every movement. They were worried about who you were with and, and when you were with them and why you were with them. And you didn't understand it as a kid. Why? Because your parents intuitively knew this incredibly important principle that your friends ultimately influence the direction and the quality of your life. And though you didn't understand it as a child, let me ask you this, why do you do the same thing to your kids now? Because as you got a little wiser and more mature, you begin to understand that your kids' friends influence the direction and the quality of their lives. And, and here's the crazy thing about friendship. Have you ever thought about it this way? That, that what's, what makes friendship so amazing is also what makes it so dangerous. And it's this. It's that when I'm with a friend, I drop my guard. When, I, when I'm with when I'm with people that I'm close to, I, I let my guard down. And this is, you'll, you'll understand where we're going in just a minute, but, but here's the reason why. It's because we're flawed human beings, and the reason we're attracted to certain people is because we are all acceptance magnets. We like to be accepted. We like to feel loved. We like it when people are engaged in the story that we're telling, but we get frustrated when it looks like they're looking for the next person to have a conversation with. You know what I'm saying? You can tell you're, you're talking and you're like, yeah, you've told them like 20 seconds worth of stuff and they're like looking off into la-la land. You're like, oh, yeah, bow. Don't do that. That wouldn't be good. Establish a guardrail there. But we're all acceptance magnets. We're, we're repelled by rejection. If somebody rejects us, we don't want to talk to them ever again. But if somebody gives us just a little bit of attention, oh, yeah, I want to hang out with you. Yeah, you laugh at all my dumb jokes. Okay, I love you. Yeah, you're my favorite person. Because we want to be accepted. And when we're accepted, we drop our guard. And this is big. And when you are accepted is when you are most open to influence. When I'm in an environment when people completely accept me, I'm open to the influence of the people around me. But I shut down and I close down when I'm in an environment where I feel rejected. Let, let, me, let me take a guess. This is just a pure guess, and I'm probably going to be right. My guess is that the first cigarette you ever smoked, you were with somebody. The first drink that you ever had, you were probably with somebody. Because here's what I know is that most of the time, your greatest regrets don't revolve around your enemies. Most of the regrets that you experience in life revolve around being with friends. And you don't think that the people that you allow in your circle are important? And we don't think about this concept very often, but, but some of the most addictive behaviors imaginable are behaviors that we acquire that start as a pastime, 
Oh, we're just having a little fun. Me and my boys, just having a little fun. Two years down the road, you've had fun for the last two years and you can't stop having fun. And now you're wondering why your kids don't want to talk to you and your wife is scared of you. Is this too real for you tonight? If you're in the room and you feel far from God tonight, my guess is, is that you begin to spend time with a group of people whose life was moving in the opposite direction of your life and you begin to spend more time with them and, and more time with them and more time with them until your life finally changed directions to follow the direction that they were going. And this is, listen, this is just a principle and it can work against you or it can absolutely work for you because here's, here's the flip side of that is that there's people sitting in this room right now who are, who are sitting here because their life has been completely transformed by the presence and the power of God. And the reason that you're here, the reason that you're here is because somebody told you about how great Jesus was. It can work against you or it can work for you. Why? Because friends have the power to influence the direction and the quality of our lives. It's a principle that never goes away. And so we need these sleeper lines in our life that when our life begins to approach danger, that we start shaking and we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you come to, you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, here we go. Let's get it back together. And so let's, let's see how the Bible would, would talk about this. Watch what Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, watch what he would express in the 13th proverb, verse 20, says this, and I love this, walk with the wise Amen. and become wise. Hallelujah. This is great. You walk, th this is a promise. You walk with the wise, pretty easy. You become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. And that's the warning. There's a promise and a warning in here that if you walk with the wise, you're going to get wise, but a companion of fools is going to suffer harm. And here's what he's trying to tell us, that wisdom is contagious. So when you're around wise people, the chances of you becoming wise dramatically increases. It's contagious. You, you become wise when you start walking with wise people. Now, according to Scripture, a wise person is a person who, who would understand that, that all of life is connected. And what do I mean by that? They understand that their actions today, that what they think today, what they say today, how they act today has a direct influence on what happens in their life tomorrow. Right? That there's no outlier behaviors like that, oh, I can just go and do this for a season and, and it really won't have any impact on my tomorrow. No, no, no. Everything in our life is connected and the promise is to become wise if you walk with the wise. But here's the warning. 
The warning is not, this is, and, and I've missed this for so long, but the warning is not that, that if you are a companion of fools that you will become a fool. That's not what the warning is. And we get tripped up here all the time because we think automatically if I spend time with wise people that I'm going to become wise. That's what the Bible says. Well, then if I spend time with foolish people, then I'm going to become foolish. But that, that's, not what, that's not what he says. That's not what Solomon's teaching here. Here's the point. What he's trying to, to share with us is this, is that you can spend your entire life with fools Never see the world the way that a fool sees the world. Never behave the way that a fool behaves. But eventually, this is what he's saying, but eventually the shrapnel from their life, from the explosion of their life, from the devastation of their life that will absolutely occur will impact you whether you're participating in the behavior or not. Whether you think like a fool or not, it doesn't matter. Whether you act like a fool or not, it doesn't matter because you have been a companion of fools. And so the fallout from their life will start to affect your life in a negative way. And we've seen this, you've all seen this play out. People in your world who were with the wrong people at the wrong time and they consequently suffered the consequences of somebody else's bad decision. It happens every single day. So what is a fool? The Bible says a fool is a person who, who knows the difference between right and wrong but doesn't care. Hey, man, you, you know that what you're doing is going to lead you here? Yeah, but I mean, I mean it's going to all work itself out. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Really? Huh? is it? If the people that you spend most of your time with, if they don't care about their spiritual life, they're not going to care about yours. If the people that you spend most of your time with don't care about their marriage or their grades or their finances or their health, they're not going to care about yours. And if they're living their life as if none of this matters and none of it is connected, That today doesn't affect tomorrow. And see, whether you ever think like them or not, whether you ever behave like them or not, you are in an extremely dangerous position because the companion of people who could care less will eventually suffer the consequences of the behavior of the person who could care less, whether you ever behave like them or not. But here's what we think. Oh, <laughs> I'm an exception to the rule. You and I are not exceptions to the rule. And this is, where, this is where we get into so much trouble because we think we have what it takes to be the exception. We are not the exceptions to the rule here because it's not a rule. It's a principle. It's not something that you break. It's something that if you ignore you will eventually pay for. You can't break it, you can only ignore it. And so, so in light of all of this, I think there's, there's several, 
I wanna give you something practical when it comes to your friendships and the people that you, you associate with and the people that you give your time with, some areas, um, some red flags, some areas where you need to establish some, some clear boundaries, some areas that when you start to, woo, when you hear this or when you feel this, that that, that vibration just wakes you up and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, hey, baby, let's get back on the road. Let's, let's, let's dodge oncoming traffic because I promise you there is oncoming traffic headed your direction in the world that we live in today. And if we don't establish guardrails in our life, we will collide with them head on. And here's what I know. We will not win. It's not good for either party. So here, here's the first thing that I want you to understand tonight. Here's the first sleeper line or guardrail that we need to establish that should, should make you snap to and wake up and say, whoa, here we go. It's when you realize you're a lone ranger. Here's what I mean by that. It's the moment that you, you realize that your core group of friends isn't moving in the direction that you are moving in. And the moment that that thought hits your mind, you know what, my value system, what, what I want for my marriage, what I want for my kids, what I want for my spiritual life, what I want for my job situation, uh, I want it going this way, but everybody that I associate with seems to be moving in this direction. If you have that thought, come on, I'm you need to snap to and say, whoa, 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 I need to evaluate the people that are in my world, because as strong as you are and as disciplined as you are, the companion of fools eventually suffers harm. So when it dawns on you that I'm a, I'm a lone ranger in my group of friends, it's time to be proactive. It's time to not just say something about it or keep thinking about it because if you wait too long, you will bust through the guardrail and you will end up in the ditch. It's time to do something about it. So here's what, here's what Simon says. Simon culture, right? Here's what culture Simon would tell us. Go with the flow. Do what everybody else is doing. And here's what Solomon wisdom would say. No, 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 fight for things that matter most to you, even if it doesn't matter to anyone else. Solomon, the most wise person to ever live. This is, this is thoughts of wisdom. So here's the second thing I want you to understand this evening, the, the sleeper line that should just woo, wake you right up when, you're just, when you've nodded off. I said, when you... Catch yourself pretending. When you're with a group of people that are your so-called friends, but you're pretending to be somebody other than who you know you are. Come on, it's in that moment when you realize that I'm in, I'm in people where in a group of people where I'm accepted, but I'm I'm having to try really, really, really hard to fit in with this group of people. When I'm with this certain group of people, I start to ignore certain values. I ignore a worldview that I've held so dear for so long, but I, I just, I, I tend to find myself moving away from who I know that I really am. Yes, Lord. 
For some of you, your spouses have actually told you, sweetheart, you're different. Come home after you've been with them. Like you act different, you talk different. Come on, that's not something to just brush and sweep under the rug. If you hear that, that is, a, that is the rumble strip on the side of the road that says, whoa, 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 whoa. This group, when I am with them, I start to act and behave in a direction that is opposite of where I want my life to go. And it's time to get this thing back on the road before it ends up in a place that I sure don't want. So Simon says, culture, Simon culture would say this, you are enough when you are accepted into a certain group. And the crazy thing is, immediately when you think about this, you think, well, this is just for teenagers, right? No, 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 no. Every single one of us in here are acceptance magnets. We want the acceptance of our coworkers and the people that we, we spend time with. And so this absolutely applies to you and I. So culture says, Uh, You are enough when you're accepted into a certain group like, oh, I've made it when I've kind of gotten into this social status or when I'm running with this group of people at work. Yeah, 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 I've made it. I'm good. Solomon Wisdom would say, I am enough because I'm a child of the king. I walk into work enough because I'm a child of the king. I walk into my house enough. I don't have anything to prove I'm a child of God. I am everything that he says I am. I am loved. I'm chosen. I don't need to be in your group to feel loved or accepted or chosen. I know who I am. Here's the third one. You should should be on high alert anytime you feel the pressure to compromise in your group of friends. Whenever something has never been a temptation for you privately, but when you get in a group of these people, it suddenly becomes this this real life option for you. It should move you. It should shake you you when you feel real pressure to begin considering behavior that you once thought was way off limits. Woo, wow. Let's reevaluate. It's the moment you say, man, this, I, I, this behavior, I can't, I can't continue in this direction towards this anymore because I will not, in just a month, if I keep going, I'm about to scrape the guardrail, but if it goes any longer, the guardrail is not going to hold the pace from the car that I'm driving in this direction. Simon says, culture says, giving in, compromising will finally allow me to fit in. But Solomon, wisdom says, giving in will eventually lead to giving up. If I give in, I'm going to quit eventually on God, on life, on family, because I'm going to be so miserable because I tried so hard to fit in with this group of people, and it led me to this place that I don't even know if I want to go on anymore. Here's the fourth one. Come on, we should be on high alert. We should be triggered when when there should be a, a guardrail established, this sleeper line 
of proximity. When you feel yourself saying something like this, I'll go, but I won't participate. Now, let me, let me ask it this way, because for some of you, you're like, well, I'm, I am strong enough. How would you feel if your teenage daughter said that or your teenage son? Dad, I'm going to go. I'm just not going to participate. Oh, no, you're not. You sit right there in the house. You're crazy. <laughs> I'll go, but I won't participate. I'll just be in, in the proximity of it. And this is Solomon's warning. It's not necessarily that you do what they do, but you're there when they do it. And that's the danger zone. Well, I, you know, I'm never going to, and you fill in the blank, whatever it is. Solomon said, that's not even the point. If you're already there, you've already missed the point. A companion of fools suffers harm because when the fool suffers harm, you're just too close, and you never know when that proximity mine is going to explode. And it's going to cause damage to everyone in its path. You never know when they're going to be busted. You never know when they're going to be just, uh, uh, they're going to have just a little too much to drink, and you get in the car with them, right? You never know when they say something that, that you were with them when they said it, and it eventually comes back to you. You never know when they make a financial decision that you're pulled in on. You, you, don't, you don't know all the time. So culture, Simon culture would say, you can get close and not get burned. And wisdom says when a hand grenade explodes, it takes out everyone in close proximity. Oh yeah, I'm going to get close. Boom! By the way, don't. Don't be the type of person that has to learn from other people's mistakes. I feel like that was the crux of my, my youth ministry. I feel like somehow I worked that phrase into every single message that I preached. Why not learn from the Word of God that gives us so many principles to live by instead? I, I, well, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to drive this car right into that guardrail. Just see how it feels. What? Real? Oh, have fun. Good luck. Here's the fifth one. This should make you snap too, make you wake up. When you hope that the people you care about most don't find out where you've been or who you've been with. And not because you would have to defend anything that you actually did, because that would be the cliff where you actually went through the guardrail and, and you just landed in, in the worst spot possible. But because there's something on the inside of you that just kind of, ooh, I don't really want them to know that I was there with them. Just that, there's that, that thing called your conscience. Um, I just, ooh, I know I didn't necessarily do anything bad, but... If, oh, I don't think this would go over well if, if he knew or she knew. When you're already creating a defense in your mind, if it comes up, how are you going to play this out? And you've worked out every possible option in your mind? 
Let's get this baby back in the middle of the road. Simon says, culture says, it doesn't matter who you're with. doesn't matter where you are as, as long as you're not doing the action. Whatever that is, fill in the blank. Solomon, wisdom. Wisdom says, if who I'm with or where I've been would make my spouse uncomfortable, embarrassed, hurt, insecure, or betrayed, it's just not something I'm going to be a part of. So here's my question for you tonight as we close our time out this evening. In light, of, in light of what we heard, what will you do? Would you stand with me? In light of what, in light of what we've heard from the Word of God tonight, I want to ask you, what, what are you going to do? Because if you, choose, if you choose to do nothing with what we've heard then I have a feeling I, I know where this is going to lead and I want to share it with you. Here, here's where I think. If you're in some toxic relationships and friendships right now and you choose to do nothing with what you've heard, let me just go ahead and tell you what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. My guess is one year from now, you're going to wish that you could come back to this day and respond differently to this principle. So let's play a game. You like games? Let's play a game. Let's treat this moment right now like it's exactly one year in the future. So right now, it's Wednesday, March 9th, 2023 at 8.33 p.m. You are exactly one more year into those unhealthy relationships that you've chosen to do absolutely nothing about. You've created more memories, more bonds that you're going to have a hard time ever moving away from. And now the relationships are way more complicated. You thought it was hard now. Now you're another year into it. Now you've gone off of a couple of cliffs. You've driven right through some guardrails into some ditches multiple times at this point. A year later, you're hiding things from your husband. You're hiding things from your, from your wife. And now you're kind of connected to this and, and things have, have really gotten out of hand. It's a year from now. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I could go back and respond differently. So let's pretend tonight. there's this genie that would grant your wish that you could go back and go back to the night where we heard this principle about friendship and where we could do something different in that moment so here we are now we're back we've come back back from the future and now this is your time right now to do something different than the way that you may have responded three minutes ago. When you brushed it aside and said, oh, I don't really think it matters. No, no, no. The people that you spend time with affect the outcome and the quality of your life. 
So I want to pray for you right now, and then we're going to take communion together to close our time out this evening. But as I pray, I wonder, I have a feeling right now that the Lord is already bringing things to your mind that you need to to start working on, that we need areas where we just need to kind of get it back back on target and get back between the lines. So that's my prayer tonight, that hey, A, if, if you haven't identified those areas, that you would start to identify those, and then B, if you've already identified those, that you would have the courage and the strength to act on it and do something about it. So Lord, right now, God, I thank you. I thank you for the wise people that are in this room. And I have a feeling that we're gonna continue to become wise more wise and more wise because we're gonna choose to surround ourselves with people that love you and our our lives are moving in the right direction. And Lord, there's people in the room tonight that are struggling in these relationships and I pray, I pray that you would be with them. God, I pray that you would identify those, that you would make it clear, that you would make it known the areas in their life where they need to get the car, where they need to get their life back between the lines. They're veering close to danger, but tonight, Lord, you're bringing us back to center. You're helping us with our relationships, Lord. And God, once we've identified those, Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage and the strength to actually do something about it. Because if all we do is identify it and never act on it, what good is it actually doing? God, I pray that you would give us the courage to move, the courage to do something because we don't want to stay the same. We want everything that you have for us, and that includes our friendships and our relationships. So be with us tonight, for it's in Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, can you put your hands together for the Lord this evening? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you have your communion cup, I want to read Isaiah 53 as you begin to kind of get your cup ready. I want you to hear this. 53 and verse 4 says, Surely, speaking of Jesus, he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But watch, here's the beauty of it. But he was pierced for our transgressions. This is talking about his hands that were pierced. Hands represent the things that we do. Would continue to say that he was crushed for our iniquities. He's talking about his heart that was crushed for our iniquities. And it continues and says the punishment that, was, that brought us peace was upon him. This is in reference to the crown of thorns that was placed on his head and shoved down because... Your mind is where you lose your peace. It says, and by his wounds, by his wounds, we were healed. This is the stripes that he took on his back when he was beaten. And so, in the knowledge of that, I want you to open open your cup and take out the bread. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. 
when you take it, take it in remembrance of me. So tonight, as you take the bread for just a moment, can you remember what he did for you? Thank you, Jesus. Woo! It never gets old, folks. It never gets old. <laughs> it was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, we healed and in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me so as you take the cup tonight can you remember once again his blood that was shed at Calvary for you and for me thank you Jesus Thank you, Lord. God, we're a grateful people tonight. We're grateful for what you've done for us, Jesus. Thank you for dying on a cross. Thank you for the crown of thorns that was placed on your head. Thank you for the nails that were driven through your wrist. Lord, thank you for thinking of us when you were hanging on a cross. Come on, one more time. Can you give Jesus just a moment of your worship? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you tonight. We honor you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, you should walk out of here tonight energized. You should walk out of here tonight grateful for everything that he's done for you. So go take on the rest of the evening. Take on the rest of the week. God bless you. Thank you for being in church tonight. We'll see you right here Sunday morning. Have a great rest of your week.